0: Well, Hey everyone, we are so thankful that you are coming back for another episode of the church refuge podcast. Um, it's so funny. I'm saying church refuge because that's our email, but it's actually, I Refuge do that all church. The time. um, but yeah, so we're refuge church or church refuge as known on the interwebs.
1: Um, <laughs> somebody else beat us to the URL, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, but Hey, that doesn't change the fact that we're glad that you're here. Um, so if you are new here, uh, I'm Ryan because Pastor Dan, this is two weeks in, in a row he's not here. I know, so, we got to get
1: the band back together.
0: I know, it's been too long. Um, but yeah, I'm Ryan, I am part-time at Refuge, and I'm with... I'm Mike. And Mike is, uh, he was leading us through last week, we've been going through a series looking at just different scriptures, and just kind of breaking them down and really just kind of talking about what what do these scriptures mean and how do they... Fit into this context of God, how are you calling us to live today? Uh, How are you calling us to live with the word that you left us? You know, what does it mean to follow Jesus, not just for an hour on Sunday or an hour on Wednesday, but what does it mean to follow Jesus in our walk in life each day? And so we've really just enjoyed getting together and talking about our Savior and just his plan and his um, you know, amazing word that he gave us. So today, we're going to dive into, I talked to Mike beforehand, and I was like, man, this is a, this is, this this is a, a doozy. This is a doozy. So we are going to jump into Matthew 5 today. Um, we were going to talk about a lot of verses, but we're going to boil it down to one. I don't think we have time to really go into this. Um, so Jesus here, and to give you the context, this, this is coming from the Sermon on the Mount, which is kind of like, you know, um, Jesus sort of shifting the paradigm of just what God was truly looking for in life. And While I say shifting the paradigm, he was really just shining light on what had already been said in the scriptures, but that was being neglected by the Pharisees and how the Pharisees were actually, um, they were the ones who knew the scriptures, but they weren't really truly following the heart of the scriptures. They weren't focused on the internal, but more of the external. And Jesus even calls that out um, after this. But The verse that we're going to be looking at is Matthew 5, 17, where Jesus is saying, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So this is a pretty big statement and Jesus goes in and talks more about this. But, you know, just kind of to tee this up, Mike, talk to me about, you know, obviously we have the whole of scripture now. So we have maybe a little bit of a broader understanding of what this means, but talk to me, uh, when you hear this verse, where do you go to?
1: Uh, I agree with your sentiment that it's, it's a big one. Yeah. Um, it's a big topic, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And so it merits discussion and talking about it. And I love to, that this isn't something that comes, you know, at the last supper, Mm. right before jesus is going to die this isn't something that comes after the resurrection this is you know according to matthew right like this is he's he's just started a sermon even he started the beatitudes and then he rolls out with this
0: yeah
1: um and so it's I, i think that's significant But, you know, we have Jesus here. He says, I did not come to abolish the law of the prophets. That is shorthand for the Old Testament. Mm. That's what Jesus is referring to. Mm -hmm. Um, That is just as a quick aside, um, you know, known as the Tanakh, the Mm. Torah, the Nevaim and the Ketuvim, which is the law, the prophets and the writings. Um, And the writings were just often rolled in with the prophets in that shorthand. So Mm -hmm. um, he is saying that is valid. Mm. And I did not come here to get rid of that. I came mm. here to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Yeah. Right. Cause he goes on to essentially say, um, the law's not going away. Mm. But when we read the new Testament, we kind of get the vibe that, well, the law's gone away. And I, I think what Jesus is getting at here is that, um, Jesus did, it, Jesus came to die, um, as the propitiation right, big word, mm-hmm. um, of our sins yeah. uh, or for our sins. He came to to um, essentially reconcile us back to God, right, to live the life that we could not live, fully mm-hmm. God and fully human, right, really God and really human. Yeah. He came. He lived the life that we could not live. He died the death that we deserved. He was crucified. He was dead. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. Mm-hmm. And then he ascended into heaven, and he now sits at the right hand of God the Father. Mm. And the law didn't go anywhere hmm. because if the law went somewhere, right? Like it, 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 it's not that he just saved you so that you could be saved and then go and continue doing what you already were. Jesus saved you mm. for a purpose, mm-hmm. right? He then, I mean, he goes on and actually I think right before this, he talks about, if I'm not mistaken, um, you can fact check me here, but he talks yep. about you are salt and light, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you are like salt or you are like a city on a hill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, essentially really talking about how those that are in the kingdom of heaven, right? This isn't a prescription on how to get to heaven because Jesus is the only way. He's mm. the truth and the life. This is a description of What it is like when you are in the kingdom, Mm. right? The law we tend to think of and and look at as, well, you know, there was the fall, Adam and Eve really disobeyed one thing. And so then God had to write a bunch of rules because it was chaos. And that's not true. Mm. The law was and is something that is. You know, I, I really believe this, and I think that you can go to Scripture to look at this. But it is something that is woven into the very fabric of reality and creation. It's it's a part of it's an outflow of God's character of who He is, right? Of justice. This is what it looks like to interact not just with God, yeah. but with your neighbor. We talked about this, you know, in, in the last couple of weeks with the greatest commandment. And so I think this is important because sometimes, especially in the West, we come to faith and we don't know what to do. Mm. And we have some people that are like, well, Paul says in Galatians, you're free. And then other people who are like, yeah, but Paul in Romans says, by no means go on sinning. And so what does all that mean? And, and, and essentially it doesn't contradict one another. He's, he's really extrapolating what Jesus is talking about here mm. saying, I saved you for a purpose. Mm -hmm. You were created to do good works um, and to really image God created Mm. in his image to the people around you. But the fall screwed all of that up. You were unable to do it. You needed a new heart. I've made a way for you to have a heart. Now that you have it,
0: Mm.
1: go and live this out. Yeah. Why? Because the law didn't go away. Mm. You are free from the condemnation of the law. Christ sets you free from that, but we are still now able to live out our created purpose, mm. which exists within the reality God created. That's where my mind goes. That was a lot. That was like a really big yeah, thing. Yeah, so yeah. like, yeah. yeah, pull that apart. I don't
0: yeah, no, I, I, I think what's really cool too is when you start thinking about um, really genuinely the, the law, you know, I've heard this said before, was a magnifying glass into the sinfulness of man. Right. You know, and so when the You mean
1: what's revealed in scripture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So when God gave Moses um you know the law, then we, we start to see like how there was never a way for man to live up to the perfect standards of a holy God. You know, there would be there would Jesus needed to come so that he could set us free from you know, we could never become righteous with God based on our works. Yeah. You know, and so and so, it was bigger than, you know, because it even says later on, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven.
1: Yeah, and that's interesting.
0: And that was always true. Right. You know, and so it was from the very beginning, we see that, you know, there was something that was required there was a sacrifice, obviously, we see in the sacrificial system, but there was, there was a perfect sacrifice that needed to be made.
1: Yeah. You so, know? so I think you bring up something good there because um, uh, you talk about the sacrificial system, um, and uh, in church, sometimes you'll hear a pastor talk about how the law was kind of broken into three things. Mm. So you have mm-hmm. the sacrificial law, Um, you have the ceremonial law, Uh which was how do you live as a holy people Mm -hmm. that are set apart? And so that's where you get like the food laws and, um, things like that. And then you have the moral law. So, um, love God, love neighbor. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes we hear our pastors say that the sacrificial law is, um, has been like essentially done away with because of Christ, um, and so, because he is the perfect sacrifice and, mm. and, um, right. The moral law is, well, that's, that's what's still in play, but I would go so far as to say the ceremonial law is as well, mm. not from the standpoint of the food laws, but rather that as a shadow that is Hebrew talks about is pointing towards what was to come. And that is when Christ sets out the the guidelines of, um, if you love me, keep my commands, mm. right? My disciples are those who who do what I tell them to do, right? Mary, do whatever he tells you. Mm -hmm. Um, When you look at it from that perspective and see that there are very clear markers for what it looks like to live out life in the kingdom. In fact, Matthew 5, uh, 6, and 7 is really talking about kingdom life Mm -hmm. in his Sermon on the Mount. What does it look like now that I'm a part of this? And it just goes on to continue to demonstrate that You were saved for a purpose. You were created for a purpose and we get to live that out. Like we talk about eternity sometimes, like it is going to be an eternity of just like 18 holes of golf Uh and there might be a golf course in heaven. I'm not saying that there isn't, but I think we lose perspective that we're also being restored and renewed to like who you were created to be in the first place. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think like just even, uh, you know, Christ doesn't abolish, you know, and, and and I think there's just a, a place of, he is himself the foundation of the old Testament. You know, it wasn't like Christ was completely removed from Christ is God. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so, and so I think it's like, sometimes it's very easy to get in a place of, You know, we believe that Jesus is the the 2.0 version, the better version, and because we have Jesus, then nothing in the Old Testament now is really of any value. Right. You know, it's like, well, yeah, it's cool. You can read the stories, but, you know, I got Jesus, so it doesn't really matter anymore. Where I think it's like God is still very much speaking the words that he spoke in the Old Testament. You know, there's so much truth and so much that, you know, we today, um, you know, can, that's valuable.
1: Yeah. So I think here's a great example of that. Um, in Leviticus, uh, in the chapter where you're falling asleep and I fall asleep, right? Um, I think it actually starts at 13. Um, so it's, it, it can be pretty dry. Um, there is a really long discourse, it's three chapters long I think about leprosy what to do when leprosy Mm. hits the camp Mm -hmm. Um, and that's interesting right Um, but on the surface it looks like The Old Testament here is just talking about this disease that, yeah, we still kind of have some issues with. There's speculation as to which skin disease exactly it is Mm -hmm. um, in the modern era. But, um, you know, for the most part, is this really applicable? Well, as you read it, uh, you know, what, what I think we see is that this is a disease that slowly or to varying degree erodes one's body in a way that is detrimental, not just to the self, but is highly contagious. It's, um, it, it can devastate an entire community. It ultimately leads to death, mm. um, and a painful, or I guess that's up for debate. Cause some people talk about lepers, people couldn't feel pain and that's part of the problem, but, um, essentially a terrible death. Mm-hmm. And so what needed to happen was, you know, these people were put outside of the camp and, um, until, This disease went away if it ever went away. And when it did, they then would come back into the camp and the priest uh, would have to declare them holy if they, in fact, were cleansed. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So why am I talking about that? Because what's interesting is there's three chapters about leprosy. Leprosy was certainly not the only disease at the time that Leviticus was written. Mm hmm. It was almost certainly not the only disease that Moses gave the people of Israel instruction on what to do with. So we should ask the question, why is it here and why is it in the law? And how does that apply to me today? Mm-hmm. And I think when we reflect on it, when we sit and we, we listen to people talk about it, one of the direct parallels that we can draw it to is when we see, you know, even people in our lives and in our communities who really aren't that crazy about following Jesus, but are in our Christian communities, um, in a way where we're still doing communion with God and maybe allowing them to be a part of that, which scripture kind of talks about too. And I'm not going to get into that, but I think what Scripture's warning us is how devastating, um, essentially what, what's described as like a snake from the garden of Eden. Did God really say this is, mm. is God really mm-hmm. saying that you shouldn't, you know, live with your partner before marriage, you know, I mean, come on, look at culture, right? It's got, that's, that's low hanging fruit, but that's something that, you Mm -hmm. know, 10 years ago was much more taboo than it is now. My point is those types of questions have, have crept in, in a way that has slowly eroded and devastated communities of faith. We're seeing denominations be completely ripped apart by what we deem as controversial issues that the Bible is pretty clear on. Mm. Um, And I would go so far as to say, we have three chapters in Leviticus to talk about what we should have done, hmm. and that was, we can separate you from the camp. We can still minister to you in mm-hmm. certain ways, yeah. And there's a process for that. And when you're ready to come back into the camp, yeah, and be spiritually clean, you hmm. know, there's a profession of faith in Christ. You also need to meet with our our spiritual counsel and our spiritual leader, and they will determine if you can be back in the body. Hmm. Right? It's church discipline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I think it's still relevant. Yeah. It, but that takes. Discipline to want to know Jesus and to mm-hmm. want to know his Word in a way that it applies to your life, yeah, and to really come humbly and and recognize that this is something that should be shaping me back into my created purpose, mm-hmm. not that I'm just shaping into yeah my
0: genie, I like that I liked where you I didn't know where you were going with that, and I was wondering if you were gonna. <laughs> Be a literal. Never bring it back. <laughs> we're not letting lepers Like yeah, okay. No lepers in the church. But I think that that takes the two to be able to find maybe the spiritual. Like what is truly being said here? You know, that's not just the the plain. You know, like not the literal word for word of you know leprosy, but what is God saying in a spiritual way for us today?
1: Yeah, one meaning and multiple applications. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's that's good. Um, because I think like that's too, you know, just even the certain things that were written specifically for Israel at a very specific point in time, you know, we love to grab onto and claim as our own, which could be true, you know. Like what? You know, I think just I think of um Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, where mm-hmm. we love it. For I know the plans I have for you. Yeah. But the context, you know, just being where Israel is about to essentially be destroyed, you know, yeah. and it's just like, I, I I think when we see where God spoke that to them in that specific place, mm-hmm. it wasn't about Lamborghinis and, you know, goals and dreams that we have. It was God saying, it might look like you're going to be destroyed. I'm not done with you. Like, I have yep. a plan for you know, and so it was so much less about like my dreams, God giving me my dreams and, and, and this and that. But it was saying, you know, no, you won't be destroyed because I am your God. You know, you may have rebelled from me, but I do have a plan for you, my chosen nation. So I think just, you know, there's certain things that I think we really have to see. What was the context of this when it was written to Israel? And then how, 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 what does that mean for us today? You know? And, and I think that's like, it's so crucial to just understanding, um, the totality of scripture, but a lot of things in the old Testament. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I think, um, like applicably, yep. um, I'm trying to, yeah, I think it was Augustine who basically said that like, the, the, to paraphrase scripture should point us. To, um, not just to like knowing what is true mm-hmm. but like acting upon it Yeah, and I think the reason that that's important is because again just to drive home like Jesus saved you for a purpose mm. and while there is no more guilt and no more shame when mm-hmm. we do fall and, and that happens and believe me I understand that um, and it's not something that doesn't happen to pastor Dan or Ryan or myself. Like we, we still have our moments. Um, and the beautiful thing is there is no more guilt and no more shame because Mm. Christ has fulfilled the law on your behalf. Yeah. And you are declared justified, right. For those who, who put their faith in him. Um, and that is because you were saved for a purpose. You're Mm. loved by God. You're full of immense value and immense worth. You're created in his image, but you're created for a purpose. Yeah. And so when we study our Bibles, when we um, look at the law and the prophets, right? The Old Testament and the New Testament, Mm -hmm. it is really important that we hear and do, as James says, to be Mm -hmm. a hearer and a doer of the word, Um, to be one who goes and um, acts upon, um, you know, what God's calling you to do. And how do we know that in in his scripture that does not save you? that is not your faith, but it certainly proves it as, Mm -hmm. as James goes on to say. Um, and so, yeah, I think just applicably that's something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, that's good. Well, Hey, listen, we are here for you. Um, we're thankful that you've been following us for whatever time, if this is your first episode or what is this our 80th episode?
1: I think this is 80. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. So if you've been here since number one, uh, <laughs> that's saying something more about you than about us <laughs> um, but we're thankful that you're here you know if there's anything we can do uh, if, if you ever need prayer for anything or just want to follow up or ask any questions feel free to reach out uh, to us at info at churchrefuge dot com um, but yeah just continue just to really uh, seek to know God in his word you know and, and we'll uh, be back next week